Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Voice of the Force podcast. My name is Ed, and I am joined today by my two wonderful co-hosts. We've got Noma. Hello there. And we've got Dan. I'm glad to be here. Excited to hear what news we have in store today for the Star Wars Voice of the Force podcast. Now, I know we're about the news when we go right into the news, but there is one one major thing I have to give a shout out for. And guys, you remember last podcast, we did do the our fun fact as, you know, who was our favorite droid in the in the Star Wars universe. Um, we all said ours, and then we sent out the question to you, our listeners, and we got a response on Twitter. Woo! That, eh? mm-hmm. We actually got a response. It came from the Nerd Herder podcast. Great name. And, Great name. Right? And just yeah. a little bit about them. The Nerd Herders, they are a happily married husband and wife. And they just try to manage the most nerdiest Star Wars combos as possible and share them with you. And honestly, just going through some of their stuff they have on here, like I had, you know, it slipped my mind that the Star Wars Legacy was on here just posting things away. And you just see some of these clips of... Oof, they have like hate and anger and passion and a different picture for each of them. And it really, you know, brought a smile to my face today. So I want to give a shout out to them. You guys should really take a look at their Twitter page. They are an amazing podcast. And they're at, uh, at N R D H E R D E R C A S T on Twitter. And their actual favorite droid was triple zero. And mm-hmm. you know, that was one of Dan's picks, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my kind of secondary characters that I was debating whether to uh, include them, but great choice as a droid. Triple zero. Triple zero. Fantastic. As, murder droids. As, as someone who appreciates uh, more murder-inclined droids, I am definitely a fan of their pick. Oh, yeah. I, I The only reason I didn't choose him was because um, he got a little bit more uh, crazy by the end, in, a, in not a good way for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because Mr. Bones is completely sane the entire time. Right. right? He's he's. <laughs> I want to say a word, but I can't. He's he is definitely <laughs> off the rails bananas, but he's so kooky that way that it just kind of goes with his character. That yeah, makes sense. So yeah, thank you, uh, Nerd Herder Cast, uh, for replying to that Twitter post, and we hope to hear you again after this episode to see what your favorite fun fact of this week is. And that leads us into our fun fact of this week. Guys, your favorite Rebel Starfighter. Noma, what do you think? So my favorite Rebel Starfighter is, some people might think it's a bit boring, but it's it's a classic, I think. The X-Wing is definitely my favorite Rebel Starfighter. It's been my favorite ever since I first watched Episode Four because uh, when I first watched Star Wars, I would didn't watch the original one because I was a bit too young for that. I watched the 92 special edition. Ooh, yeah, I did um, too. Yeah, so you get that really nice scene where all the X-Wings are flying around Yavin to attack the Death Star. Oh, so nice. You get that roll call, which I always loved. Um, Red 5, standing mean, by. Yeah, and, and that was in the original, but you get to see them with their ships this time, and and uh, it was lock as foils and attack position. Yes. And that happened, and my blew my four-year-old mind. I was like, oh my god, that's so <laughs> cool. That's great. And yeah, they've been my favorite ever since. I gotta say, X-Wing is a good choice, for sure. And mm-hmm. 
you know, leading right off of that, we'll just go into the next almost, I'd say, just under favorite, if not tied for the X-Wing, uh, the A-Wing. Mm-hmm. In the sense of that sleek-looking badass ship that honestly, just seeing it, the speed of it and everything it can do, I mean, it, it reminded me a little of the Jedi Starfighter that they had um, in the... Delta Sevens, yeah. Like that, mm-hmm. That's what I first thought about them. I was like, yeah. you know what? That they, those are cool. These are almost the same thing. Let's look at these a little more closely. And it's like, yeah, I, I like think, this ship a lot. I think also that these two ships, especially, uh, we've gotten a better appreciation, at least Ed and I, uh, by playing Battlefront Two. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the maneuverability yes. of the A wings and the raw power of the X wings, um, definitely. Definitely understand them a little bit more. You feel amazing. You do. And you feel like there is a difference between these ships. It's not just reskinned exact same specs. They've actually tweaked it, which is really nice. Not so much for for Battlefront for me, but I I do remember like the thing that locked in a lot of my favorites for especially Rebel Starfighters was uh, the Rogue Squadron games growing up. Yes. For N64 and GameCube. And oh man, yeah, the A-Wing in that game turns on a dime you can you, you can get the hard breaks and that yep. ship was beautiful although you get hit like three times and you exactly is no yeah no <laughs> that was that was the yeah. thrill of it though when you were just like you can't hit me you can't hit. oh no you got dodge. Well, I'm so you yeah, exactly <laughs> and uh dan what about you uh mine uh i gotta say was i got it, probably the a-wing um uh, but the, it's it's really hard because as a kid i have more nostalgia with the x-wing um, as an adult, more tactically, the A-Wing makes more sense for me. Um, mm. But for me, right now, since you guys took those two, um, a new favorite of mine, too, is actually the B-Wing. Uh, and you we can obviously the... say A-Wing, too, you know. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I, I do enjoy all of these. And uh, the B-Wing was interesting for me. It really, I didn't really enjoy it growing up. But then seeing Rebels bring the prototype of the B-Wing to the forefront, and it had a rail gun attached to the front of it like it would like all four tips of the wings would come together and shoot like a miniature death star laser that you could just like cut through pretty much anything that was amazing um that really made me appreciate it, especially when Hera and Sabine are are riding in it or you're uh, flying in the ship and just seeing them fly around the, the the planet that they're on test driving it that was really fun for me so I really enjoyed the b-wing there I do have to say, though, as a kid, I did own a X-Wing, an X-Wing um, toy. It was mm-hmm. probably about, I don't know, like a foot or two feet long. Um, and then it had like a handle that kind of um, was on the bottom that could pop off or you can like tuck it up. And you would just hold onto the handle and you could run around with it with Luke Skywalker inside and R2-D2 and you press the button and it would like make the sound and the X-Wing S-foils would just go out and you could just fly it around. So that was one of my favorite toys as a kid, and I still have it. It may be missing pieces, but uh, <laughs> definitely a love toy as a kid. Yeah, I, I had a, I think it was called Micro Machines. The, oh, yeah, the Micro yes. Machines. Yeah, that's yeah. Two, yeah. I, I had one of the X-Wings from that one that had the X-Foils that could open because there were two different Micro Machines. There was the ones with little play sets, and then they had the ships as their own. Yes. Um, and I remember I had yeah the X-Wing with that with the X-Foils that open and close, but I'm 90% sure some of the cannons are broken now. Yeah, I don't doubt that. <laughs> So if uh, you have any similarities for our A-Wing, X-Wing, B-Wing as your favorite Rebel Starfighter or a different one, 
You can tweet at us at VoiceForcePod on Twitter. Make sure you use the hashtag ForceFunFact, and we will look it up for the next podcast. And you may also get a shout out next podcast at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. With that said, hey guys. Ed, hey guys, guess what? What? We have the beginnings of our own little alphabet squadron. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you mean Alpha Getty? Alpha Getty squadron? Yeah, Alpha Getty squadron. <laughs> Lock limp noodles in attack position. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that like good. it could be a various terrible meanings. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, no. That was fantastic. Nice. With that said, Ed, take her away. Thanks, Dan. And what are we all about the voice of the forest podcast we deliver on two things for you our first one is a literature show we call it our temple archives and in those shows what we do is we take comic book and a novel we go through the story we summarize it for you we discuss how it relates to legends and canon material we have a little discussion about the book and where it fits into the timeline so if you don't have time to sit down and read the book or listen to the audiobook but you'd like to know more that's a show to check out for sure in this particular show, we'll be discussing some new releases for you. These can range anywhere from video games, TV shows, comics, uh, novels, movies, general news, things we've heard in the fandom, rumors, everything for that, board games and miniatures, and events on the horizon. And we'll also discuss some particular news related to the Star Wars fandom as well. Before we get into the news, I just want to point out that Ed couldn't join us for the news. He had to dip out, but he will be back next podcast, so don't be sad. He will return. With that said, Noma, are you ready to get to the news? Oh, yeah. So the first piece of news that we have in movies is Billy D. Williams getting an award from the American Black Film Festival. Um, They honored Billy D. Williams with the Hollywood Legacy Award in February of 2018. 2018, I guess, uh, it would be. And they basically uh, gave him the award talking about his work with uh, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And just um, known for his work in pretty much, uh, not just Star Wars, but um, Brian's Song, Lady Sings in the Blues, Mahogany, Nighthawks, a whole bunch of stuff. Even Tim Burton's Batman, which I had no idea. Um... And oh, yeah. he's, um, he's Harvey Dent in that one, it says. Yeah, there. Harvey Dent. Yeah. I did not realize that. Um, but yeah, there's a video here of Harrison Ford um, paying a tribute to and saying uh, congratulations to his friend Billy D. And I'm just going to play that here for you guys so you can listen to Harrison Ford pouring his heart out to Billy D. How are you doing tonight? I hope you're having a good time. You deserve this, my friend. This is a very prestigious award. You won a lot of those, but I'm sure this one is special to you. I just wanted to say that how much working with you was a pleasure, a revelation. Your vision, your precision, your professionalism, what you brought to the character, the ideas that you had. It was a pretty package, my man. Beautiful. And it was a great pleasure getting to know you, seeing you over the years. I miss seeing you more often. You're a great man. You deserve this. All the best. I am so pleased to say 
Please welcome Billy Dee Williams. This thing is beautiful, by the way. It's a nice piece of artwork. Anyway, um, I just want to thank the American Black Film Festival. I'm so very honored and humbled to be receiving this award. I would like to accept this award in memory of uh, my mom. Uh, she introduced me to an industry that has allowed me to live this beautiful and uh, creative life. I have to say that it's nice to see Harrison Ford giving Billy D. Williams recognition. He definitely deserves and uh, how humble Billy D. was when accepting the award and uh, dedicating it to his, his late mother. And we also have Solo, a Star Wars story which is out on Netflix in Canada and the United States. I'm not too sure if it is available anywhere else, but just log into your Netflix account, type in Solo or Star Wars, and you should be able to find it there. And watch it as many times as you can until you can't watch it anymore. <laughs> and for the TV shows, we have the Star Wars Fan Awards, which was done by Lucasfilm and shown on the Star Wars show. The winners were chosen and shown there very briefly. You can go onto the StarWars.com website to see the different entrants and the, also the winners of the contest. The ones that we're going to talk about are the ones that we thought were the best of the winners. And uh, the one that I really liked, that I voted for actually for this one, was the uh, Best in Digital Art and Audience Choice. This was Balance, and it was a drawing, a digital drawing of um, Ben Solo and Ray on two opposite sides. Uh, Ray's on the left, facing to the left, and uh, Ben is on the right side, Ben Solo, kind of facing the, uh, the viewer of this piece. And it kind of resembles the look of the Mortis painting in Rebels. Do you, do you think that's accurate, Noma? Kind of yeah, has that. Yeah, kind of has that like aesthetic to it. Yeah, it's definitely got the kind of um, stained glass kind of uh, stained glass. That's a good mural way to aesthetic. That mm-hmm. yeah, that same kind of stained glass mural that uh, you kind of saw in Mortis. Although this one's a little bit more translucent. Like you, it, it looks more like glass than uh, the Mortis mural did. For sure. But yeah, it looks really, really nice. All right. What was one that you really liked there, Noma? Uh, there were two that I was really impressed with. The first one was there's a uh, Best Custom Diorama. Oh, yes, um, yeah. Yeah, and that one's really nice. It's it, it's kind of like an old abandoned uh, AT-AT, and uh, there's kind of like a little camp set up underneath it. And it just it looks really, really nice. Covered um, in moss, rusted, leg broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you can really feel kind of like yeah you can you can really feel kind of like the age and wear and tear that that went into this model like how much effort he put in to to make it look very old exactly and uh, yeah it looks really really nice and then the other one was there's a best physical art um, that is it's the same kind of it's the same kind of motif as the digital art where it's it's a Ray and uh, Kylo Ren uh, this one they're back to back and and uh, Ray has kind of like uh, I think lighter like dove feathers uh, beside her, and Kylo Ren has like darker crow feathers. Um, it's kind of like a nice. It's a very nice kind of like yin yang motif. And it's kind of like um, this scene in the Last Jedi when they're back to black, back to back, um, yes, and yeah. they're about to fight the Praetorian guards. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but the, this this art is like super impressive to me because it's physical, and if you look at it, there's a crazy amount of detail that went into it, and it's it's all done with the. Uh, 
it says here in the interview with uh, the winner who is uh, oh they don't have her last name uh, Yukiko K um, but she says that she did the entire thing with uh, Kidae style it's a Japanese paper cutting art so the whole thing was originally you know one one or two pieces of paper actually oh god it might have just been one black piece of paper and she cut um, yeah she cut out all the, the the white part of the dove feathers on Ray's side is like all the yeah. light stuff is completely mm-hmm. cut out in very thin. Oh, yeah. and it, 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 it is like meticulous like this is super detailed and not that big because you can see someone's hand in the photo for reference yeah it's maybe um, what four hands from your palm to your uh, middle finger size yeah it's like two two hands if you splay open your hand it's yeah about two hands wide and about two hands tall um tall yeah and it's it's super super impressive like that is really really nice stuff nice yeah my last one for for this Star Wars Fan Awards is the one of uh, best traditional art, and that is Darth Maul drawing by Justin M. And it's just like a portrait of Darth Maul in like a gray scale kind of color. I don't know if he if he used charcoal or he used like a, I don't know what you'd say that would be. Um, Noma, what would you say that the? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure that yeah, th- this one doesn't have an interview with it, but it could be. It almost... could be a couple of things. It could be. Hmm? It almost looks like a pastel kind of, like a black pastel, just the way yeah. it's drawn on there. Yeah, like, like it could be Conte, but it looks a little bit too uniform for that. So okay. yeah, it could be charcoal or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. Either way, it looks amazing. The shading on it is phenomenal, and mm-hmm. they nailed Darth Maul in that very well. Oh yeah. And that's the uh, Star Wars Fan Awards. So if you want to take a look at that, you can go to StarWars.com and check it out. Moving on, we have the Cassian Andor series um, that was announced in the Disney for the Disney Plus service with the um, meeting with Bob Iger. They announced that they were making the uh, Star Wars TV series live action, which is like a spy thriller with Diego Luna, and they will be apparently heading into production during October of 2019, so this upcoming fall. And they say it may be premiering. On Disney Plus in 2020. So keep your eye out for that. Next we have The Mandalorian. And the details for this with Nick Nolte's character. Nick Nolte, his character. And um, what they say here is he will not be a digital character. So he won't be like CG or anything like that. Um, Let me just read the quote here. It makes it a little simpler. Nolte's. Nolte's character will not be digital. It doesn't appear Nolte is performing the role on set either. Instead, a new practical animatronic mask has been developed that works on voice command. So the mask is being worn by a small woman, matches uh, Nolte's affliction perfectly. The mask's mouth movement is said to be phenomenal. MSW sources also have said that the mask was developed by uh, Stan Winston's shop of experts. So that's makingstarwars.net MSW. The other part of news in here is that we will be getting a different composer for this. Obviously not John Williams, but we do have a music composer by the name of Ludwig Ludwig Goransson, and he has done the music for uh, Black Panther, Creed, Creed 2. And he says, Words fail to express how surreal and humbling it feels to be invited into the Star Wars universe. I'm deeply grateful to, the John, to John Favreau and Disney for this opportunity and to John Williams for raising the bar so high with his iconic, intrepid scores. They will never be matched. In these next months, I hope to honor the tradition of Star Wars musical landscape while propelling The Mandalorian into the new 
unchartered territory. And I will try to remember that there is no try. So it seems like he's a pretty big Star Wars fan in general, and he's up for the game. The thing I found interesting here is the actual piece about Nolte's character, which is the mask that they have designed for this and the technology they're using for that. What do you think of that, Noma? Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised with it. Um, not necessarily in the fact that just like um, what it looks like, because I did you know think from the beginning it was going to look very nice, um, but just in the fact that you kind of figure with a TV show a lot of the time that they're going to cut corners with certain things because mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same budget as, um, you this know, the has movie. A, yeah, this has a lot of budget, but not as mm. nearly as much as a movie, you're right. Yeah, so it's, it's just, it's nice to see that, you know, they're using that budget to make sure that it's going to be um, looking more realistic. It's going to look a lot more grounded and um, it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to appreciate when they eventually see it in action. Also, is it pronounced Nolt or Nolte? I think it's Nolte. I thought so too. That's what I've heard at least. Um, it also says here, which I missed the ball on completely, uh, Nick Nolte will be playing an Ugnaught in next year's The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So that's the character that he's playing, which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure why they would want to use an animatronic face unless the Ugnaught speaks basic. Only because yeah, most Ugnaught speak Ugnaughties, Ugnaughtian. I don't know how you say that, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, the next piece of Mandalorian news we have is John Favreau on Instagram yet again teasing us with a Christmas tweet of IG88 in front of a green screen, and he says the only thing that he quoted was "Merry Christmas" as the caption. And does IG-88 look phenomenal? What do you think of that? Yeah. A lot of attention to detail. I was very, uh, very surprised when I see it, when I saw him. Uh, It's nice that we're going to be getting some movie canon characters. Yes. Um, The thing that actually surprised me the most with it was, I thought I was going crazy at first. I didn't remember IG-88 looking like that. Yeah, he looks a little interesting compared to what he looked like before. Yeah, for some reason, I thought his head was taller and more cylindrical. I'm not sure if that's just like maybe stuff that I've seen from other video games or TV shows or stuff like that. I just looked at a quick I, picture. Nope, that's what he looks like. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I did. I did confirm it with myself, and I was like, yeah. "Oh no, I, I'm I'm in the wrong." Because um, you only I, see him I, like once. Yeah, and I always assumed his head was less oval. I, I always thought mm-hmm. it was more of a cylinder than an oval. Um, which is, I mean, they're kind of similar, right? But. I just I didn't realize it was that smooth around the top and bottom. Exactly. I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear if he has a voice or if he's talking binary. Like I'm excited to hear what IG88 sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually makes me happy because if this is a bounty hunter going to be in the Mandalorian, that kind of confirms that they're going to see a lot more bounty hunters. That also oh, means yeah. that um, this takes place this takes place after episode six, so this means we may see characters such as Sabine. Um, oh, if there's okay. Mandalorian ties there, because we are confirmed that she is alive after, after episode six at the end of uh, the series finale of Rebels. Mm-hmm. So she may make an appearance or two in there. Um, the friend of hers who is, um, I can't remember her name, but the other bounty hunter lady that knows. Oh, Ketsu? Sabine? Ketsu, yeah. Ketsu yeah. Ono. Uh, she may make an appearance too. We never know. Mm. Um, those are just the, complete speculation, but I'm just assuming since there are going to be bounty hunters in this series that we may get something there. Yeah, the, the one thing I'm curious about, it was like the first thing I 
the second thing I thought of, I guess, when I when I saw this photo was um, how close they'll be sticking to the extended universe. Because uh, Dan, I'm not sure if you know. I'm sure I'm sure Ed knows this, but uh, in the expanded universe, there wasn't just one IG88. Yeah, there, there were many different iterations, yeah. right? Yeah, there were four. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if any of his twins show up. I know in in some of the games, like uh, the X-Wing Miniatures game, you have the option to take <clears throat> multiple IG-88s. Is, but... like, is it IG-88 1, 2, 3, and uh, 4, or is it... A, B, C, and D Okay. in that one, yeah. Interesting. Uh, in the old Expanded Universe, the crowning achievement of the IG-88 units was that IG-88B managed to upload his consciousness into the Death Star 2. Ha! <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. So he, and then he dies. He, yes, so he, he was... <laughs> He basically was in command of all of it, but was going along until he could hijack the entire station. And then, yeah, they blew up anyway, so it didn't matter. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's actually amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was always that was always one thing where I was like, "Oh my god, this is not okay." Oh, never mind. <laughs> Just be- he became the Death Star. Yeah, but we'll see. It'll, it would be interesting if you have multiple of them showing up and and pulling interesting shenanigans with multiple IG eighty eights. Exactly. And now that we're at the end of the TV show segment, I wanted just to talk to uh, Noma about the few episodes of resistance that he's watched now <laughs> take it easy yeah. take it easy yeah just tell us what you thought from the first what three or four episodes that you watched uh i think i got up to six so yeah oh, i'll, nice. I'll okay. give a yeah i'll give a very brief overview because i think um the next time we get ed back sitting down and talking about resistance is something that'll be neat with all of us yes for sure um i will just say if you if you remember my opinions from the earlier um, podcasts. I was saying that I was going to give Resistance a chance. It always seemed very, you know, one of those things where I I, I don't like to judge uh, shows based off their first seasons because they're usually a little bit kitty. And <laughs> I, I get that, and I I'm I'm willing to 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 go along with it as long as there's still enough stuff for adults to like. Um, so all I'll say for now is that Resistance did not live up to what I was hoping it would be. And did unfortunately fall into more of like a more kid friendly trap than I was hoping it was going to. Um, I would list it in more of a Teen Titans Go kind of area than a like Avatar The Last Airbender or, you know, Star Wars Clone Wars kind of thing. So overall, my impression on it is that it, it's kind of underwhelming and, uh, you know, in terms of all the other shows that that Dave Filoni has made, um, I think that this is probably—I mean, no offense to, to him at all—you uh, know, all his shows are, are all his shows are still high quality, but I think Resistance is definitely the the lowest tier one that that I've seen so far, which also does make sense. I mean, I I do also know that he's not actually working on the series currently; he just kind of created it and then. Um, handed it off to for other people to to raise up and kind of you know run with because you know Clone Wars season seven is is his passion project and what he's probably working on but yeah overall um, not super impressed with Resistance but like I said we'll talk about that more when Ed's back and we can all sit down and do a, a big Resistance talk exactly and <laughs> uh, for those who were waiting during the Christmas break and the holiday break Resistance all the shorts are all on YouTube. So there are, I think, nine of them. They're all about 30 to 35 seconds long, I believe. And uh, they're not too bad. They show a lot of the two characters that are in the scrap shop. Um, the bird character and the, like, Ugnot 
piggy character. I can't remember her their names, honestly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel like I should know which their is, names. Which is why Resistance is such a memorable show. There are some characters in there that I do remember, but there's like those two I can't remember. Like I think one of his name is Flix, and the other one name is I don't know. Um, but anyway, those are up on YouTube, so you guys can go watch those on the Disney Channel YouTube. And uh, now we can get into video games. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna take that away, buddy. Alrighty. So the first and only uh, thing we've got to talk about for video games is that Polygon put out an article recently that was talking about uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2's concept art and just kind of going through the whole process that DICE went through. So if you go to their article, it's pretty interesting. You get to see a lot of the concept art. And the one thing I'll say off the bat is it lo- it does look beautiful. Oh, like, yes, for sure. Yeah, like this is this is on the same level as like movie concept quality or concept art quality kind of stuff um it's really really nice looking and the the neat thing that they talk about is they do talk about like what the main reason that they do this concept art is for and it makes a lot of sense where you know they're the artists have to create complex environments so they need to kind of know what what style they're going with and what kind of aesthetics they need to to adhere to and layouts Uh, and stuff yeah, exactly. Layouts and stuff like that. And the one thing that I ha- I I never really thought of when I saw concept art, but definitely makes a lot of sense, is lighting as well. Yes. To catch the tone of that and make sure it all looks good, they they reflect off of what the concept art goes because it's a guideline. Um, I definitely recognize they... some of the concept art mm-hmm. as in like the places that you've actually played to in game. Like, oh yeah. There's um, a spot in the Yavin Four Temple where like you're going out and there's x-wings parked outside like there is an actual map that is it looks exactly like that okay i'll, I'll take your word for it <laughs> yeah because you haven't played it yet that's right i forgot yeah exactly I've, I've stayed away from it yes um but yeah the concept art is is very very nice and you know kudos to all of the artists who were involved in this because they did a phenomenal job this stuff looks really really nice and if you like nice star wars art i would definitely recommend checking it out we will definitely keep a link to all this stuff in the show notes so if you ever want to just look that up you can click the link there in the show notes mm. it's just you know it's a it's just unfortunate considering uh the game it's tied to and all the st- all the news and stuff that has come out with said game exactly but uh we don't need to go into that i'm sure if you're a star wars fan you have heard everything about battlefront 2 i'm just gonna say this now count dooku 2019 <laughs> so, small things that people can still look forward to exactly. which is nice. exactly. at least they didn't abandon the project um 100 percent and just wash their hands of it and close down a studio over it not that i'm naming any mass effect andromeda names there <laughs> i've been slowly lurking on the <laughs> battlefront 2 subreddit and mm. uh just seeing this I've, I've since the loot boxes were a problem up till now i've been watching the community just kind of either throw fire at ea or mm. um praise them for things and the, the the community itself can be very volatile at points <laughs> and then they release like a piece of content like uh general grievous or obi-wan kenobi and they're like this is what we've been waiting for we wanted this for so long mm. but you have to remember yeah, it, it takes a while to develop those things yeah and it's it's just one of those things where it's like it Ooh. it's you know i just say that again i just hit my knee oh no worries yeah and it's it's one of those things where it's like you know obi-wan grievous awesome amazing everyone loves them releasing clone commanders with broken textures that aren't right and were taken from the internet eh, not as great so i mean no it's a whole back and forth but at least they're trying i'll give them that 
And from there, we will move into the board game section of the podcast, or as I like to call it, the me section. The Noma's an expert section. Uh, Noma's wallet. Yes, what, will, the, what will he buy today? <laughs> the This is why Noma doesn't see the sun that often <laughs> section of the podcast. Exactly. Uh, so, off the, so first off the bat, um, I'll kind of lump all of these together into one thing because it's all kind of similar. Um, Fantasy Flight Games has released their tournament uh organization kind of listings and schedules for all of their games so just to go through that real quick that is star wars the uh sorry <laughs> let me try that again <laughs> <laughs> you just say star wars i can get that yeah. cut okay awesome the star wars destiny dice and card game it is also the Star Wars Armada miniatures game and the Star Wars X-Wing miniatures game. Then we've also got stuff for the Star Wars Imperial Assault, which is a board game and miniatures game, as well as Star Wars Legion, which is a miniatures game. So all of these games are going to have tournament support this year, which is very good. Um, all of them also come with a, most of the tournament prizes that they'll be giving away. Uh, this will be, I guess, for your weekly and monthly tournament kits. Our alternate art cards of various things. So I won't go over that full list here because that's really only for tournament players who are interested in. But it's all very nice alternate art cards for uh, various factions and characters in all of those games. And it'll be pretty good. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games has always had a pretty good uh, tournament support and organization kind of uh management from what i've seen so i'm sure it'll be another fantastic year i gotta say the one company that does do star wars justice justice is fantasy flight they have oh yeah look at how many things they have on the go mm. and what's what they're supporting and doing new stuff for all the time it's just nuts exactly and, and one of the things that i've yeah and one of the things that that one of the reasons i've always liked supporting them is because a lot of their games really get the feel of their uh, whatever they're trying to 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 like Armada being like yeah, a fleet, whereas X Wing is more a squadron. Exactly. So like an Armada, it's it's very much more it's much more tactical, right? You you look at it from like a a fleet admiral positioning your your ships and trying to figure out what orders you're going to need in time and how to catch the enemy off guard. X Wing is much more turned like very much more moment to moment. You you kind of feel like you are controlling these pilots and you're trying to outwit your opponents to get them into places where they won't be able to hit you but you'll be able to take them out it's it's a lot more uh high pace high stress kind of okay what am i going to do to outwit these guys whereas armada is more of the kind of chess game um and then destiny is a lot more of like there it's a lot more ebb and flow there's a lot of luck of the dice and you kind of have more of a kind of more cinematic tense kind of uh play between two people back and forth so all of their games have a great atmosphere and a great kind of style to them that i've always enjoyed um and speaking of destiny uh one of the other new announcements is that we are going to be getting a new set of boosters and starter sets uh it is going to be called convergence and convergence is going to be interesting because it's going to be spanning uh the entire cinematic universe so it'll be old republic to new to first order so one of the new mechanics that they'll be bringing in are downgrade cards, which is kind of interesting. Uh, in this set, it looks like they'll be taking the form of bounties. So it'll be interesting things that 
you know, don't really add... They're, they're a spot in your deck that you are using to hope that your opponent does a certain thing. So, for example, one of the cards that they show is called Wanted that says after uh, after attached character is defeated, you may gain two resources. So it's that's, that's a neat little thing where you're going to be hoping that your opponent goes after certain characters almost more than uh, other characters, which makes sense in the game. You know, you've got your strong characters that your opponent's going to gun for, and now you can be like, hey, if you do that, I get a little bit of uh, help or, like they say, resources, bonuses, all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty neat. There's another one that says you can draw three cards. That sounds really neat. Um, overall, it seems like a pretty cool expansion pack. I'll definitely have to look into this more. Uh, have to see if any of them help out my Rebel Vehicles deck. But uh, yeah, from there, we get into the RPGs. And the RPGs is kind of talking about something that we talked about a couple podcasts ago, which is there is a new book coming out called Rise of the Separatists for the Star Wars... Yeah, the Star Wars Fantasy Flight RPGs. So that is, you know, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and uh, Force and Destiny. So this one will add an entire new area to play in because it's going to be all about the Clone Wars. So from there, you can go into being a clone. They've said that there's a couple different options for clones, like clone trooper, clone officer, maybe clone pilot. Um, You'll also get different options for Jedi, so you'll be able to uh, be like Jedi Knights or Jedi Counselors, maybe. Um, Lots and lots of different options. The other cool thing in this book is they're releasing four new races. One of them makes a lot of sense. It's going to be, you know, clone, which, you know, how are you going to be a clone trooper without being a clone? But from there, we've also got Kaminoans, Geonosians, and Umbarans. If you've watched the Clone Wars uh, TV show, you'll remember the Umbarans with their kind of strange starfighters. Um, And that's pretty neat, because all of these characters... I say neat a lot, I'm realizing as well, but whatever. I guess that's my thing now. (laughs) (laughs) It's our new all right or so. Yeah, it makes me sound like I'm someone from the 90s or the 80s, but whatever. I was born then, so it counts. Because the one thing to remember... Sorry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so going back to what I was originally talking about. So the thing to keep in mind is that with these character races, Kamino and Geonosian, Ambaran, you'll be able to put these into any of the other games. So if you wanted to be a Umbaran smuggler or a Kaminoan who's working with a Rebel Alliance or a Geonosian Jedi, maybe? I don't know how that would work. Yeah, all those options are available to you now. You can go ahead and do all of those. So it sounds like a really neat book. I'm definitely going to be picking this up when it comes out. It really expands on all your options. It'll be also cool to see some of the vehicles they'll be putting in. ATTEs are probably going to be in there. I'm. Just, it says that they're going to have uh, lat gunships as well, so that'll be cool. And yeah, it's going to be a very good book overall. I'm now moving. Oh yeah, My... that's going to be a day one buy, assuming I have the money for it. Exactly. But moving on to our next game, uh, X-wing, for Wave Two of X-wing, which is a very different uh, set of rules from the Wave One collection. We have the First Order and Resistance uh, faction packs coming out. So those are conversion kits. If you have a lot of stuff from Wave 1, then you'll be able to grab these kits and it'll come with all the cards, all the upgrades that you need to take all your ships and put them into Wave 2 so you can save a bit of money on the models. They're also releasing a bunch of ships from Wave 1 that are being released for Wave 2. So that is the uh, TIE First Order Fighter, the RZ-2A A-Wing, the... T-75 X-Wing, and the Mining Guild TIE. 
So from what I see from all these things, a lot of those are basically just going to be, you only really need them if you've never had these ships before. If you already own them, just get the conversion kit. The only ship here is the T, sorry, I think I said T-75, the T-70 X-Wing. Uh, the Yeah, the T-70 is going to be different because like the X-Wing in the Rebels set for Wave 2, you're going to be able to open and close the S-Foils for this miniature. Ooh, Yep, and uh, I'm assuming, like the T-65 X-Wing, that the T-70 is going to have different stats when the S-Foils are open and closed. and Like faster when it's them. closed, but you can't fire more, you can't, don't fire your as many bolts or something. Yeah, Not as exactly. much damage, but faster shit. Yeah, I think for uh, the T-65, I haven't seen it in action yet, but I think, yeah, you get uh, a free boost and uh, or free barrel roll when the S-Foils are closed, but your attack die go down. And I'm assuming that the T-70 is going to be in the same vein to kind of keep that flavor in. That'd be but nice yeah, when you get be... in like a dogfight with somebody and then you can kind of try and move around them and open them up again. Mm. And, you know, in, in the opening moves, usually I think you keep the S-foils closed, you boost in, turn two, you open them up, uh, blast them with the X-Wing's firepower, those kind of things. Nice. So that's going to be really cool. And last but not least, we've got Star Wars Legion, which is, I think, the only game out of all the ones I've been talking about that I don't play. However, this makes me really tempted to start playing because we have you two can't new do releases. it, Noma. Don't fall to the dark side. Pun I would need at this point. I need to sell a kidney to get into this game. <laughs> but the new releases, we have two new releases for Empire, and that is the Hero Unit Director Orson Krennic. Uh, I have no idea my achievements. Yeah, exactly. Right. I have no not idea yours. what he's going to be doing, but he seems like a cool guy. Uh, he's not really the reason I'm excited for legion though the reason is because we're also getting the death trooper unit expansion and oh man these models look really nice like just you get you get six of them you've got them in a bunch of different poses whether that's kind of walking slowly or taking aim and one guy's throwing a, a grenade in the background which makes him i think the person who killed Baze. i was about to say it's like all the poses <laughs> that were right before Baze died yeah We've got the aiming ones might be right before Chirrut died. It's just oh, brings back a lot of a, a lot of hard memories, but uh, they look really, really cool. And I I was telling Dan before the podcast started, I am very tempted to just buy a box of these to paint. Not even to use. I just Oh, there's so many cool things you have can do. Have them on with your them. desktop. Just put them on your, your desktop exactly. on top of your monitor on your desktop there. Just just a nice show off unit. So we'll see. It'll Maybe depend on a, a mini diorama. Out. Oh no, now you're starting to give me ideas. <laughs> You were supposed to not be enabling me. This is not what we agreed on. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that kind of uh, encompasses all of the board game and RPG news. So it was a bit more than usual, but looks like there's a lot of things to be looking forward to to 2019. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And for events, the last piece of news that we have for today is Star Wars Celebration announcing that Warwick Davis is actually going to be there and again hosting the Celebration Stage. I did get to see Warwick Davis at uh, Star Wars Celebration 2017 in Orlando, and he is a fantastic host on stage. He was interviewing Billy Dee Williams when I went to go see him, and just the, the back and forth and the knowledge that he has of Star Wars behind the scenes and acting and uh, lore. He's just a very funny, charismatic host, 
And for those who don't know, uh, Warwick Davis played a lot of different characters in the Star Wars universe, most notably for the Ewok Wicket in Episode 6, the one that Princess Leia initially finds with the kind of brown leather hood and spear um, that kind of introduces you to the Ewoks. So that's that was Warwick Davis as a kid. And uh, he's played, I don't remember the character in Solo, but he was also in Episode 1 as that character. Do you remember that character's name? Uh, um, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. He was one of the, um, um, one of the the pirate guys, right? Yes, one of Enfys yeah. Nest's people. Um, so he was in there too. But uh, yeah, as a host on stage, just a great presence. So I'm excited to see him, and I'm excited to have Noma and Ed sit by and watch as well, because oh, yeah. I think you guys will be blown away by the presence that he has with other uh, guests on stage. Hmm. Oh yeah, the the last thing I saw him acting in uh, outside of Solo, and I, I think he was in was he in Force Awakens and Last Jedi? I don't know. I'm gonna look up his IMDb right now while we're trying to figure that out. No worries. Either way, outside of uh, outside of Star Wars stuff, the last thing I saw him in was a. It's kind of an old show now, but it's it was a. He was yeah. Kind of. Sh- okay, awesome. Um, it was a short called Life Is Short. And if you if you guys haven't heard of that, it's done by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Um, it was a it's kind of the same vein as like The Office or Extras, if you've seen those shows, Original Office. So it's very kind of awkward, sardonic, self-deprecating British humor. But Warwick Davis is one of the main characters in it. If you haven't seen it, oh yeah, I, w- I would definitely recommend look up Life Is Short. There's two clips because like Extras, they got a lot of uh, other A-list actors to kind of come in and play off of. Uh, Warwick and uh, Ricky and Steven and two of the best scenes in that show are there's one where Liam Neeson comes in oh nice yeah he's 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 trying to pitch comedy ideas to uh, Ricky and Steven but he's also talking like he doesn't take in and it's just it's really really funny I've seen that on YouTube yeah 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 Yeah, that's a great scene yeah and it, it the the yeah and it's done so straight faced and so well and because there's no laugh track it's if you didn't know, it's kind of hard to tell whether or not it's real or not. If it's serious or, or not, yeah. Exactly. And the one that's even better for that is there's one where Johnny Depp comes in to talk to them. And that was the year that Stephen – or not Stephen, sorry. Ricky Gervais had hosted, I think it was, the Golden Globes and made fun of Johnny Depp. <laughs> nice. So he comes in and the the character he's playing in that one is someone who's, who's really angry that uh, – Ricky Gervais was making fun of him to the point where I remember seeing in the comments a lot of people thinking it was real. Um, completely fake, obviously, but still really, really funny. Anyways, so, that's my tangent. So for some Star Wars continuity here, in Solo he was called Weasel. Also in Episode 1 he was named Weasel. Same character. Oh, okay. uh, Star Wars Rebels, I forgot about this, he's, he played Rook, Thrawn's right-hand man. Um, through oh, wow. all of uh, Rebels, he played Rook. Episode 8 he played a guy named Wadben. Um, and Rogue One, he played Weetief Sayubi. And Force Awakens, he played a guy named Wallavan. So he has played pretty much every movie after Episode Six, as well as TV series Rebels. So he has mm-hmm. he has a very big, long list of things he's been in. So check him up oh, on yeah. IMDb. Maybe look on in YouTube to see him. If you can't go to Celebration this year, you can see his old Celebration panels. Such a great actor. And, and a person in general, just like such a happy, warm presence on stage, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, because he's also got, what, every single Harry Potter movie, too, right? Yep. So <laughs> that's quite quite a big repertoire on his resume there. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we're good to go into the January releases for comics and books. Nice. Well, let's get to it. As we like to do here on the Voice of the Force podcast, we're going to talk about the re- new releases for comics and books in the month of January coming up. So... The comics, we have volumes, uh, only one volume this month. January 30th, we have Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Trade Paperback Number 4, which covers issues 19 to 25 and is written by Charles Soule, which is by far one of the best writers in Star Wars at the moment. I think Noma can agree with that one. Mm-hmm. I know Ed would be yelling and screaming right now in <laughs> the most positive ways. Uh, issues that we have coming out this month for comics. That, that sounded a bit sarcastic, but that was... That was very true. 100% genuine. Yes, it was. Uh, January 16th, we have Age of Republic special number one, which includes a story of Mace Windu, a story of Ventress, and a story of Rex and Jar Jar Binks. January 23rd, we have Star Wars number 60. It's hard to believe that it's already on number 60, but that's that's number 60 on 23rd. January 30th, we have Solo, a Star Wars story, number 4. Star Wars Adventures, number 14. And Dr. Aphra, number 28. I am really liking the Star Wars Adventures series because it does have pieces of canon that are just kind of dispersed throughout all uh, eras of Star Wars. As well as at the very end, they have a little story that's kind of tied together throughout all the Star Wars Adventures books. With a character, I can't remember the character's name, but he is a descendant of the characters in the Star Wars Tales from Wild Space series, and it's really cool. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Books we have for January second, three, uh, the soft covers of Star Wars Moving Target, a Princess Leia adventure, Star Wars Smuggler's Run, a Han Solo adventure, and Star Wars The Weapon of a Jedi, a Luke Skywalker adventure. January 8th, we have Star Wars Resistance Meet the Pilots softcover, as well as Star Wars Pirate's Price hardcover. The audiobook of that one includes the voice actor for uh, Hondo Anaka, because it is a book from Hondo Anaka's perspective. So if you want to check that out on Audible, you can do that and listen to Hondo Anaka read you the story. January 22nd, we have Star Wars Where's the Wookiee Deluxe hardcover. I'm sure that's a child uh, book, kind of like Where's Waldo. Uh, yeah, and those are all the releases that we have for January. So, with that said, no is any of these that you're looking forward to, or? Uh, I mean, I'm very far behind on a lot of the new lore stuff, so I definitely need to catch up. There's a couple that I'm interested in. I mean, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. I've heard that is very, very good, and I fell behind on my vader comics a long long time ago i think i'm still on darth vader four yes yeah three or four so i definitely need to catch up on that dr afra as well where's what i mean we were talking about it on temple archives where it's one of those things where she's a character that i didn't like in the beginning because you don't introduce a character by ripping off indiana jones lines but she's been growing on me through the darth vader book so i'm very interested to see how her own series is Mm-hmm. especially with her crazy homicidal droid companions. So that'll exactly. be interesting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean the Hondo thing too. The fact that it's voiced by Hondo exactly. means that I'm probably going to have to grab it and give it a listen. I'm definitely going to buy this as soon as it comes out. All right. And that's all the news we have for today, all the new releases we have for next month. And let's get into the outro.
right, our pick of the podcast this week is something that I'm sure, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've probably seen or at least heard of this circulating the internet. It's become very popular. And that is a YouTube show or episode, I guess, that is called Vader Episode 1, Shards of the Past, a Star Wars theory fan film. Now, this is... This is very popular for a good reason. I mean, the costumes and the lighting are so, so on point. Like, they look perfect. You get some really nice kind of story and lore behind it. It really delves into Vader's kind of conflicting feelings and pain. It's really, really good. Um, So, yeah, all of us here would definitely recommend taking a look at that if you have the chance. I think they're actually on episode two now. Don't quote me on that. But, I think they're working yeah. on it at least. Mm-hmm. This video also has 7.9 million views. Yeah, it is uh, made by a Star Wars, um, a very popular Star Wars YouTube channel called Star Wars Theory, mm-hmm. and uh, it is yeah, like I, like Noma said, it's it's quite good. It's 16 minutes and 18 seconds long. It is a doozy of a fan film. Gotta say they did effects and everything amazing, just mm-hmm. out of this world. It took me a little bit to get into at the very beginning, but after that, I was sold 100%. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't checked it out yet, go to YouTube.com and type in Vader Episode 1 or Star Wars Theory, and you'll find it no problem. It'll be in the show notes of this episode as well, so no worries about that. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, uh, everything else I think is fairly standard. We will be... Ch- trying to see if we can play there is a star wars vr game called secrets of the empire the main thing that'll come down to is the price point and timing from what we've been able to look into so far it seems like it's 35 bucks for about 10 minutes yeah it's quite expensive yeah which is kind of hard for for us to justify i mean maybe we will if if the price goes down or something comes up that lets us do it we'll let you guys know but it looks interesting but for now we'll be kind of keeping an eye on it and seeing what happens outside of that if you want to talk to us or let us know anything i mean you know like we said in a couple of podcasts if you've got any comments or critiques or anything at all compliments we'll never say no to compliments if you want to reach out and talk to us you can there's multiple ways to do that you can go to our website which is www.voiceoftheforce.com you can also email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com we've also got a twitter and that is at voiceforcepod we've got a facebook page and that is facebook.com slash voiceforcepod you can listen rate and review us on apple Podcasts, google play Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher and tune in if you listen to our episodes and you like them if you're willing to drop a review it helps with visibility and like like i said before you know it helps us know what you guys think about it what you think we should improve because this is at the end of the day a podcast for you guys i mean we all have fun recording it but we want to make sure you guys are enjoying it too and coming back for more so anything that you can do to help us know what you're enjoying what you're not enjoying helps us in the long run and we'd very much appreciate it if you want to talk to any of us specifically that might be a little bit harder right now dan is the only one with the twitter but if you want to follow dan or talk to him you can his twitter is at daniel j venard so that is Daniel J V E N N A R D. And I think that's about it. So, from everyone here at Voice of the Force Podcast, we hope that you've enjoyed listening into this episode, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>